Signs of the Southland, Sunday, April 3rd, 2022. Mr. Grant, I am told that you've had a tough time finding access to bus and bike lanes recently. No, it's not so much access to it because I'm not afraid to vehicularly cycle, but I was on my way back here because I needed to take some uh, fresh air after softball, but we'll get there. And uh, I was biking down 17th uh, across the bridge, which has a bike lane on it. And then there's like a bus lane going either direction. And the amount of people just sitting in the bus lane or driving through the bus lane, or if you're a tech bus, even better, parked in the bike lane drives me absolutely batty. And this is on 17th? Yes. Where they have the protected bus lane that I don't think I've ever seen anyone pay attention to, ever. Yes, I know. I know. I think it's kind of dumb that they have a bus lane there because it's not like there's BRT or anything useful on 17. It's also not a protected bus lane. It's just double double white lines. Oh, but nobody pays any attention to it. And I was yeah. biking biking through the bike lane, and the one bus I see is a tech stinger bus, and it's parked in the bike lane. And then when I tried to go around it, obviously, bus lane full of people, almost impossible. Not that I nearly died because didn't come anywhere close to it, but I got nice and hot and riled up so there's that Mm, yes see it would be nice if that was used for anything other than atlantic station shuttles i mean even then like if that makes it easier to get to art center like have the bus lane just drives me nuts that like like paint it red or like do something or ticket people who use it or or something i don't know people in this city i don't know it's very difficult to be a pedestrian. It's very difficult to be a cyclist. And hell, it's very difficult to be a driver. Because, like, I don't know. Because no one knows how to drive? It's just a lawless. It's just a lawless place. In, in the driving sense. In the driving sense. Speaking of lawless places, let's uh, switch gears and dive into our club sports section, shall we? Tr- truly lawless places. Club sports. Trust the me. most lawless place, places I've heard, um, or so I've heard, are golf courses. Uh, so let's talk about club golf and what they have coming up next week. Yep. Um, they're, uh, they, they did wind up coming in fourth last week. Uh, I, I checked out their website, and they'll actually be. Please wow. make a pun. Come on. Come on. You, wow. That was they'll be racing. They'll be racing into their uh, into their tournament at Tup this week. I I don't know, but I feel like that's pretty emblematic of our of our intro discussion. Anyways, um, Tup, uh, they'll be playing down there. So if you're around Atlanta and you have not played our public courses yet, one there, there's a very nice one at Chastain on the north side, very crowded. There's a very nice one on the east side at Candler. Pretty crowded, but it, it's free if you have the city pass. And the two on the south side, Tup and uh, Browns Bridge, Browns Mill, I, I forget what it is. I think is. it's Browns uh, Mill. Yeah. Well, anyways, they're going to be at Tup, which is the other one, which I'm I'm honestly considering booking a tea time sometime next week just to, like, go down there and be playing, playing – happen to be conveniently playing golf nearby. Very interesting to see them playing Tup. Uh, the one golf course I feel like I can competently speak about uh, in terms of how it plays. So we'll, we'll, it'll be interesting to see that shake out. But uh, Tup's really interesting. We can probably save some of my thoughts for that because 
Uh, I don't know if anyone listening to this podcast, Akshay included, uh, has ever played or heard of Alfred Tuff Holmes. One, great pioneer, uh, integrated Atlanta golf. And two, the course that bears his name has two holes. Uh, I think it's nine and 17 that come over this cliff and you tee off on top of this huge ravine and you have to hit the ball out of it. There's basically no fairway. It's, it's kind of like playing mini golf, but you have to hit the ball 200 yards and not have your ball land in the snake pit. Yeah, the creek has signs that says danger snakes. So I, <laughs> I have definitely heard of Alfred Tupbombs. There's a really great, uh, I think there's a really great Archive Atlanta yeah. episode mm-hmm. on the integration of Atlanta's golf courses and, and golf in Atlanta in general. So yeah. go I check think, that out uh, for more information. But I mean, it's not like I've played the course. So. Oh, no. Well, we can go. We'll we'll round up the from the Rumble Seat crew and, and you know go go play tough, <laughs> go play. Watch club golf. Um, no, there. I'm, I'm sure they'll have a great time. That's a, that's a nice little course. I I really enjoy playing it. It's very affordable, which is not something that's easy to say about golf. That being said, uh, in terms of our usual hashtag no free ads, uh, the only person and organization I think I will off the bat give a free ad to is Archive Atlanta. So if you haven't heard of Victoria Lemos's podcast, go check it out. Uh, it's very good. Yes. It's a, it's a spiritual cousin. I feel like to, to the weird nitty gritty Atlanta stuff we talk about on this podcast. Jake's still mad that she didn't call him about uh, talking about her Georgia tech episode. Still mad to this day. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I, I just said we can give her free advertisements. <laughs> Moving right along. Uh, let's talk some women's soccer real quick. They finished first at their, their tournament at UNC, which very surprising considering UNC, local college soccer power, at least at the varsity level. Uh, they went undefeated on their weekend. Uh, what do you got for me in terms of looking at this weekend from, you know, this big picture lens for their season? Yeah, I mean, obviously the fall is is big uh, big time for them with their nationals and regionals coming in the fall. But, but UNC as a team tech ran into a lot in the fall, quite frankly. Um, you know, it, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty good to see that that's how I'll put it. Um, UNC did knock out tech, uh, it, from the regional championship, uh, to nothing. So, um, you know, always nice to see them come back and, and avenge that. Obviously, I think you might rather win the regional, but a, a win's a win. No, no one's complaining about that. So good to see, uh, uh, a, a win over a familiar team. I honestly don't know the scores. They didn't, post them but uh man 14th street's loud today sorry i keep getting distracted um anyways yeah no unc regional champions so uh, a win on their own uh their own field is is great to see they did post the score of the final game uh which was a 5-3 win over unc uh but other than that no scores uh, from what i see but the slate that they played at least in the group stage was georgetown uh a Tennessee team and then a UNC alumni team. Well, and then the championship was UNC. So really the question mark is those other two games, but uh, yeah, I appreciate the commentary from the team being, we straight up eight this weekend. Let's go. So I think that sums it up. Well, Uh, just, just going on off of their Instagram stuff, clean sweeps this weekend in Chapel Hill, uh, some hard fought soccer and great competition. There were, uh, let's see. There were, I mean, there were five goals in the last game. They don't have any other stats that I, at least I can see. So 
Uh, maybe we should we should send them an email and see if we can get some you know some expected goals action some some analytics running. You know, I'll, I'll leave that to you, and uh, we can talk about what I've been working on in the realm of softball uh, later later in the field because I think you might be interested. You might die considering I coded it up in Excel. Coding, but we'll get to that one. Do it too. Sickening. Uh, let's move on to some really, really sickening results. Well, for the other teams uh, from men's lacrosse, your seventh-ranked men's lacrosse team, they beat FSU fifteen to nine on Saturday, and then follow that up with a fifteen to eight win over Athens in clean, old-fashioned hate lacrosse version. Uh, Athens was ranked twenty-second in the nation. Uh, and FSU was ranked 25th. Very nice, neat little weekend for men's lacs who have uh, rounded into form after a little bit of an inauspicious start to their year. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're ranked seventh in the country. They, they're they playing with some younger talent. The, uh, the last two, three, four weeks, though, have been just tremendous. Uh, they, like you said, they've rounded in form. Uh, they're an unstoppable goal scoring machine. And both of these are quality wins. Um, honestly, I, I wish I would have thought a little bit earlier to go over to, to roast Amps field for, for clean old fashioned hate, but you know, that's life. Um, and, and great to see them knocking them home. Let's move over to the women's side of across field. They had two home games as well. Uh, but no, no results, huh? No scores. Uh, not that I could tell. Uh, I was just browsing the old Instagrams. Um, I think they were playing Vandy and Kennesaw State, but uh, that that was the most recent post, so not sure. What do they have coming up next? Uh, SWLL, so Southeastern Women's Lacrosse League? Question mark? Something like that. You don't do – do you not do your research? No, I do not, honestly. Just kidding. Um, I'm I'm flying by the seat of my pants here. So, okay, hold on. I got it. Uh, Southeastern Women's Lacrosse League. Yes, that is what you what it was. Let's see if I can figure out a little bit more information from googling around here. I assume they're in the let's see standings. They are in the well. I assume they're in the Eastern Division still, um, at least as of. 2015, 2016, which is what I can see on the USA Lacrosse website. The other teams in that division, uh, Athens, Clemson, Tech, obviously, South Carolina, Emory, and Tennessee. So, um, I mean, pretty good competition, yeah, considering the lacrosse hotbed that is, you know, North Fulton and, and North Georgia in general. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, moving right along back into our usual slate of varsity sports. Let's start on the softball diamond. Uh, game one this week was versus Kennesaw State. That was a nice, tidy little win for Georgia Tech softball at home. And then they went on the road to South Bend where things were fiery. Um, well, give me one word to describe this series before we get into dissecting it. Very uh, long, dramatic pause. See, I, I'm ready to start soliloquizing. So, uh, I'm ready Soliloquizing? To start, very, yes. very interesting SAT word. 
I'm ready to get on my soapbox here. So the one word ain't going ain't going to do it for me right now. But uh, one word, one word. I want to walk through some scores first. I, I, I no, I think my one word is it's fine. It's fine, and not in those like, are uh, two words. That's three words if you count the contraction. It, I said fine. It, okay, okay. My word is fine. It is fine. Okay. Tar, give me the scores because I know you have those pulled up. Let's let's go through those first to set the table. Kennesaw, 5-2, Notre Dame, number 25, Notre Dame on the road, 9-8 win, uh, 13-12 loss in nine innings, 15-13 loss in eight innings. So that is two wins in regulation and two uh, losses in extras for those counting at home. I I do want to mention before I give you the floor to start soapboxing here, Tech held a 11-5 lead in game two of the Notre Dame series. Uh, I think after five innings and then held an 11 to three lead after two innings in game three. So it's a bit of a mixed bag of results in those extra inning games. Table set, balls on the tee. Go ahead and kick it off here. See, the reason that it drives me nuts that I'm frustrated and that you're frustrated and some of that's rightfully so, but the reason it drives me nuts that there's frustration in the air is because like at the beginning of the year, if you would have plopped us down and said, hey, hey, boys, lads, you know, 36 games into the season, you're going to be 25 and 11 and having beat UGA by run rule, having gotten gotten a win over Notre Dame and, you know, been not comfortably in, in the, in the uh, driver's seat for playoff, but, you know, having just rattled off nine straight wins uh, and, and 10 out of 13, sorry, we're, we're 10 and 10 and three since the FSU series. I think we would be over the moon ecstatic. Oh, and that, that, impressive win gap there is with a Marshall winnable game canceled a um, Jacksonville state winnable game canceled middle Tennessee state winnable game canceled like that. This is a team that independent of, of this weekend could and should be knocking on the door of 30 wins with a decent amount of runway left to play. I, I, I just don't want us to get too far out in front of our skis. Like there's, there's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. There's 14 games left in the regular season. And Georgia tech has set themselves up pretty well uh, for, for being, you know, two thirds of the way done with their regular season. But, but I think that also comes with the caveat that I think we can, accept and acknowledge that they have done very well in in comparison to what we expected this season was going to be like in comparison to what the last couple of seasons have looked like but at the same time as you play well during the course of a season the expectations that you have on a program that's growing like this start to creep upward and upward and you sort of expect them to be like hey you expect them to be very competitive um and and almost and competing and winning these sorts of games versus competition that they are 
you know, equal or maybe just a little bit below or maybe just a little bit above. It's it's really unclear considering the series went to was a one run game in the first game and the second game. And then those latter two games went to extras. It's really, I mean, baseball is random sometimes, right? So, it's, well, it, it's it's like saying softball is random. That's my it's point. like saying you flipped a coin three times. Yeah, winning one out of three is expected. Winning two out of three is expected. Yeah, just frustrating because it could have been a sweep. So I I I don't want to marginalize that uh, that aspect. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is a case where things can be two things, right? I think it can be really great that they're in this position, that they're in the position for us to complain. But it's it can also be valid about what we're complaining about, right? Because some of these things that came to roost causing that, that six-run blown lead and that eight-run blown lead are things that we've been talking about over the last couple of years. Um, it, it's inconsistent pitching. It's um, a couple of fielding errors here and there. Um, it, it just la- and really, the the kind of damning thing in these last two games was the hitting just kind of disappeared. Notre Dame swapped in a new pitcher, especially in this third game. Notre Dame brought in I forget what her first name was, but but or it was Shannon Becker, a freshman out of the bullpen to, in relief. She threw 100 pitches and text batters after scoring 11 runs on the on Notre Dame starter was basically flummoxed for five, four or five innings. Right. It, it, this kind of inconsistency, especially when you're playing teams that you are equal to, which I think has been proven out by these scores here. Is is maddening right over the course of a three game series. Yeah, I mean, it, it is maddening and it's tough. And, and all, all of those things can be valid. Uh, Notre Dame, for the record, sitting at 22 in the old RPI. Sorry, the old uh, adjusted RPI. Uh, I don't really know what they do to adjust RPI when they do adjusted RPI because I am just a scrub. But uh, Georgia Tech, meanwhile, 33. Uh, this is before the weekend's results are factored in. Um, so, so definitely worth thinking about. But... I also think it's it's worth thinking about and mentioning the fact that we could very well be in a place where we are in a positive feedback loop ACC, if that makes sense. Like Notre Dame, we talked about before this week as a team on the rise, which is very true. Um, they're not necessarily like like regional hosting like turf, but, you know, a, a solid probably tournament two seed um, Georgia Tech not really that far from knocking on the door from, from being, from being a tournament two seed uh, right now, my numbers have them as a three seed. Um, man, rev, rev. 14th street is just legendary today. I I'm doxing myself, but I'm moving in a month. So that's okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no point, point is ACC is really good. Uh, and, and the fact that we're hanging with, with, a decidedly top uh, top shelf top half team is good, and you know the the last even you know Syracuse is a team that's 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 been better, but we we handled them last week. the The conference is coming up, I think, is the the really the really short way to say something that we could probably make a lot longer. I, I think I think between between the rest the games we have down the rest of the the slate, so Boston College, which 
you know, Boston College non-rev sports, but even then they're, they're a top 70 RPI team. Uh, NC State always can mash the heck out of the ball. They're, they're uh, like, a, I think their top 60 is as well, pretty close to that. And then, then you got Clemson to close the year. That's, you know, you, you need the ACC wins to get in, in the conference tournament picture, but I think with, with nine games left to play, Tech should be able to, to safely get at least maintaining like 500 status, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I think they're out of the first week. Like, I think they're out of the first round, right? Like, mm-hmm. they're they're not going to play play into the tournament like they did. They have the last couple of years. Yeah, um, they're safely going to be into that second round of the tournament. Um, you're just playing for seeding. I think before today, they were sixth, I believe, and Notre Dame was tied for fourth. Uh, and I mean, they were they were sixth at six and eight. Right. And, and just trailing behind Notre Dame and Notre Dame has only played nine games. Tech has played 15 now. So, um, or Notre Dame has now played 10 tech has played 15. So, um, it'll be interesting. I think over the next couple of weeks to see how that situation evolves as teams like Notre Dame teams, like Florida state teams, like NC state and Louisville get in the rest of their conference schedule. And, you know, tech has fewer games, or, or Tech is facing teams with fewer games in hand, right? Mm-hmm. Or and is compared against game, teams with fewer games in hand, because right now you look at Tech at six and nine versus Notre Dame at six or at seven and or what is it seven and three and, yeah. in conference, and you're like, okay, well Notre Dame must be must be super good if they're uh, and uh, competing with the top of the conference if they're that, but I, I'm not. I haven't looked at Notre Dame's schedule, but I would wager a guess that they haven't played a lot of the conference heavyweights yet. Whereas Tech, in its first two weekends, played FSU and Duke back to back. I would say that you would be right um, because they started off with uh, Virginia, who's solid but eh, um, going one and two against Virginia. You had they had a three game sweep of Pitt. They only got one game in against Duke. Uh, before that was yoinked, and then uh, and then they had a three game slate against Tech, so there there's not a not a ton to go off of. I, I think the Notre Dame obviously very very solid, especially considering they kind of pounded Duke in the one game they got. So I think I think we might honestly be at the point where we could be underselling it. They they played a really tight game against Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a high quality team. I'm not biased at all. Um, you know, they, they beat Texas, another solid team. They beat LSU, uh, another well-respected team. Like that, it's not like they haven't played anybody. You know? Yeah, no, no, no. I don't want to. I don't want to say that. But in terms of strictly that conference schedule, um, and and where teams fit together in a conference puzzle, a puzzle as we near the tournament, <sighs> right? Yeah, that and- conference hierarchy that we always talk about. And it's getting worse, I think, in the ACC as we add more teams, uh, just because without divisions, it's really not a, it's really not a, a, a an even schedule that we're playing, right? I, I think. Welcome uh, to the MLS Supporter Shield problem, bud. I mean, it's the same thing that the, the Hockey Presidents Cup has has too. But if if you wanna if you wanna like break it out, look at again. 
my probably a little bit biased example, you, you got your Northern teams that pick up these conference games a little bit later in, in the slate, but you're Louisville. If you're Louisville right now, you're looking at a three and six record, having already played Georgia Tech, Clemson, and NC State, right? And NC State, you know, they're, they're not having the, the bestest of years conference-wise so far. They're five and 10, but overall they're 25 and 13, and they're not that bad. The ACC is brutal this year. And, and you look at the rest of the slate, and they're getting uh, North Carolina, solid, Syracuse, okay, Virginia Tech, meat grinder, horrifying and scary, uh, Virginia, medium, Notre Dame, solid. Like that's, I wish I, I wish I had all the, the slates up here in, in front of me at once, but it's tough to compare that to like to the apples to the apples, right? Cause, cause if you're, if you're a team that's catching, if, if you know, you're, you're Georgia tech and you're catching Duke, Florida state, Notre Dame, boom, that's three out of the top four teams of the conference. You know, you're, you're not really guaranteed to get that, that even slate all the way across when you're, when you're only playing, what is it? 28 conference games, 27 conference games. It, the supporter shield in MLS is derided for this exact same reason. And I welcome you to more soccer discourse as I've always tried to get you in, interested in. Yes. You play, you play eight of the 12 other teams in, in, in the conference. And I think that is always and understandably so going to result in some disparate outcomes. The good news there though, is that tech does catch your, uh, sorry, Boston college next week. And, and they've, as we've talked about, had, had some issues. So that's. So uh, just to recap the, the next week in Georgia tech softball, they'll play Troy in a midweek. Uh, at home, and then they will go up to Boston, uh, up to Chestnut Hill, actually, not Boston proper, to play Boston College. And again, just to wrap up, they're still playing with house money, I think, but we, I think it's also valid to have expected a little bit more from this series, especially when you spot, uh, when you're spotted a six and eight run lead in, in consecutive games. Yep, I agree. Let's move on to a team that uh, kind of found itself in dumpster fire in Charlottesville this past weekend. Georgia Tech baseball was two and two on the week. They sort of just beat the crap out of Charleston Southern at home in the midweek. That was a seven inning game. And then they went to UVA, number four, UVA in Charlottesville. Uh, They posted a one and two weekend they won the first game 6-4 second game was a 13-9 loss and today's game was an 18-9 loss which I believe included a another double digit run inning allowed uh today's starter Cody Carwell who we've talked up a bunch in the last couple weeks only went one and two-thirds today so yeah no bueno all right he might have been he might have been yesterday's I might have the date wrong but still one and two innings not great. Hey, the good news is I was at that Charleston Southern game and uh, I forgot you could have a run rule in baseball. So they were like, oh, fight song, game over. And I was like, okay. I think it's just the coach's shake on it thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what you can do because I looked it up afterwards. But in terms of the UVA series, one, game one, fine, sure, whatever. But, you know, those, those boys can hit and those boys can pitch. 
And our boys can hit, but I have some questions about the pitching. I will say that in it was the whatever game that Savino, Nate Savino for UVA pitched, and I think it was game one. Tech got his pitch count up. Like they they didn't chase him out of the game early, but they got his pitch count well into the fifties by the end of the second inning. Cause they were they they were really aggressive at the plate. And I I, I only caught glimpses of, of games two and three over the rest of the weekend, but it seems like UVA took that known aggressive stance to the plate and said, okay, if you're going to be aggressive at the plate, if you're going to foul off a lot of pitches, then we're just going to, we're going to adjust our pitching strategy to generate more fly ball outs, generate more ground ball, generate more ground balls um, and force and force your aggressive strategy to work against you. Yeah. I mean, I, I I can't really reword it. I think that's a, a solid way to put it. But. To be fair, I haven't looked at the stats. I'm I'm shooting from the hip, but it. it but given that they kind of stopped at nine runs, and the, I think the starters did well in the other two games, um, I have no reason to not think that that was the case. I'm just. I feel like this is the the like almost comically exaggerated version of, of our kind of nightmare scenario, if that makes sense. Being so so uber talented at the plate and just unable to pitch. Yeah, um, I am. I am frustrated with these results. Because not not just because of the inability to pitch consistently, but just that it's like not just one person, right? Like it's it's a lot of the guys that come out of the pen that have similar struggles with control. And at a certain point, you got to start asking some questions about the process there, right? Mm-hmm. Like what what are they? Like th- there's a there, there's a bug in the process. There's a bug in in, in what they're doing rather than the, the actual results. And at this point, we've gone thirty some odd games into the season. All of these and, and the number of innings are all um, predictive at this point um, among some of these pitchers. So what? Where is that issue in the process? What exactly are we focusing on? Is it spin rate over control? Is it um, I, is it, are we teaching our pitchers to have their arm slot a certain way that makes it more predictable on what, what pitch is coming? I mean, these are things that you can fix in the lab, but you also have to identify what they are and nail them down and then work to attack them. And, and it's, it's gotta be something, something in that, in that process has got to change. Yeah. I mean, and the fact that I think it's the same problem as we saw last year but exaggerated shows that it hasn't been fixed mm-hmm. yeah and, and at this point it's just i mean you just got to keep going in the lab and, and keep trying stuff at this point and just go full scientific method with it yep. i don't really have any better ideas <laughs> yeah I, I don't have a ton either and i know that like we could probably circle talk on a way that is like even less productive on this than the softball discourse because 
you know, certain expectations and just score differential and all that makes it a lot easier to have certain narratives than others. So I'm trying to be political here, but th- this is a team that's had success so far this year. And baseball is a, a, a long season, a, a long season, and it's a long season for a reason. So I don't think we need to be sounding like doom and gloom down with the ship. The season is over kind of alarms. Cause I have heard some of those and they drive me nuts. <coughs> Writer's room. <laughs> I'm gonna say it. No, 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 no. I, 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 I get it though. Like the fact that you could log into a game and go like, "Gosh, we must be down nine to one," and it's like a like a you know two two tie or something like that. Like there's there's a difference. We've between- all been there. We I don't want to give I don't want to give them too too hard of a time. We've all been there. Yeah, I know but you were a nervous wreck like that during like, ways to interpret this. And like, it's just a weekend against a top five team. They're a top five team for a reason. We can't expect to win the Coastal every year. Sorry. Okay. That, that's fine. That's fine. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. And I, and I have one more. And we knew that the pitching wasn't quite going to be there this year. Okay. Okay. Let me ask you a different question. Does this series in lockstep with the Wake Forest and maybe even the NC. I think we played NC State. Did we play yeah. NC State? Yes, that yes. Was last it was bad. God, it's been it's been a blur the last couple weeks. Do those three ACC series now that you have sort of a nine game sample set? Do those have those had an effect on your expectations for this season? Yeah, yeah, I, I think they do. I think a two seed in a regional is going to be kind of where we're going to settle, right? There, there are teams that are out hitting and out pitching us and some days both. Would you say that when we let off the season with, if they don't host a regional, it's a failure. Given that framing, would you still agree with that statement? Given, yes, given what I has happened, would you still a failure. we are so immensely talented. It's an embarrassment of riches at the plate. And, and I think they picked up just to double double down on the embarrassment of riches. Um, they picked up what the number one player in like the 2022 or 2023 class. Uh, Isn't that Jaden Jackson's brother? I don't. I didn't. I didn't look at the bio information, but I, I'm just. I'm doubling down on your point. Like, but please continue before I interrupt you again. No, I mean it, it's an embarrassment of riches, and I was going to say. At least they're not squandering Kevin Parada in the way that Joey Bart was squandered. Yeah. That's... And, or, or Francesca Pond, if you want to make it about another sport so we don't keep harping on baseball, right? Or, yeah. or Ben Lammers or whoever. Like, <laughs> there, there are players that have deserved or, – or, or the golden goose of them all, Jameer Gibbs, but we don't have to go there right now. Mm, okay, we're we're moving on. We're moving on. We're moving on. Uh, Tuesday is a game versus SC Upstate, South Carolina Upstate. That will be at home at six p.m. First pitch. I assume that will also be a if Tech goes up by too many, we're going to shake hands and call it a day situation because at the weekend FSU is coming to town. That's first pitch on Friday is six p.m. as well. It'll be a good one. All those games are on ACC Network 
extra. Before we move on, any final thoughts on the stickball sports? Um, I think it's weird to be in the spot we are right now. I think it's weird, right? The, both of them won their season series against folks from Athens. Both of them doing, on the whole, pretty well. And it's interesting to see where the expectation has been set and kind of resulted and changed throughout the year. Because I, I think it's been all over the place. And and that's that's the point, right? They're a third to two-thirds. Sorry, they're a halfway to two-thirds the way done with the year. There's a lot of... There's a lot of baseball and a lot of softball left to be played. All right. Fair enough. Let's move to the golf golf course real quick. Your 11th ranked Georgia Tech golf team is at the Calusa Cup. Let's see if I can find an, a, a live results page for that real quick, unless you have it up. Yeah, I'll pull it up. One sec. I have it in my other uh, app. Da, da, da. This is great podcasting. Both of us were so prepared. I have the live leaderboard up. Tech, tech bleh, is currently second behind Florida. Uh, they are four under par. They are through holes 15 through 17. So um, they were in the second T group today. Um, yeah. all, other teams in this competition, Florida obviously leads the pack. Uh, Tech is second, Wake Forest is third, Athens is fourth, Marquette, Oklahoma, Purdue, Iowa, and Clemson round out the field. So that is seven top 25 teams right in there. So very good competition here. Uh, I do want to point out that Bartley Forrester is also five under uh, and leads. So good for him. Good job, Bart. Uh, He is through 16. So that might stick. We'll see. Yeah, he's he's five under or four. Yeah, five under on the back nine. So I, I need to not jinx it, but he, he's he's playing good. Sick. Uh, just to round out the other results, uh, tied for twelfth is Christo Lamprecht at one under. Tied for twentieth are Ross Steelman and Ben Smith, both at one over. And then tied for twenty third, Connor Howe at two over. Again, all fifteen throughs. One up? more thing, uh, Lamprecht. He's one under despite double bogeying the first two holes. So good job, sir. Uh, boy, let's move over to the golf or, or the track, not the golf track, the just the normal track. Uh, Florida relays were shortened uh, due to rain in the area. But uh, what do you got for me on their condensed slate? Yeah, um, Cameron O'Neill long jump on uh, the first day. Great. Um, and also... Olivia Moore, Shanti Papacosta, pole vault and high jump as well. So field events, as we've seen all year, Moore, Papacosta, um, just just great, uh, great stuff there. And it looks from my view that only one athlete, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm live reading the, the results from, from Saturday. Uh, only tech athlete competed uh, was Matthew Mazzacano. Uh, who, who who vaulted men's pole vault? So good job, man. Well done. You did it. Well, you didn't get wet, or maybe he did, and then that's why they stopped the things. But great, I'm in. I'm in a hole. Save me. Moving right along, they will be at the Auburn War Eagle Invitational next weekend. I think that's next weekend. You didn't put a date on this. Uh, yeah, that's next weekend. Superb. Let's talk about some other events around the flats. 
starting with women's tennis. They are ranked 34th in the nation. They split their week. They got swept uh, by Athens at home and then won 5-2 versus Clemson. So weird, weird little week. Um, for the, as for the men, before we talk about the Moons results, uh, they were 51st in the nation, but they did not split their week. They took two losses, 5-2 to Duke, and then 7-0 to UNC. So let's talk about the women first. Bit of a weird week with those split results. How do you figure this sets them up as we look towards the end of the end of the season and the postseason? Yeah, a little, little tough to see the, the midweek result. Um, you don't really want to lose to UGA that bad, if you will. But uh, in terms of overall, they're 12-6, and 7-2 uh, in the conference. So they are setting themselves up pretty pretty nicely, honestly, for um, – I don't know if – I don't think they'll have enough runway left to play themselves in a maybe regional hosting position. But at the very least, they're they're doing all right there. So 12-6 so and six is just fine um, coming up. This coming weekend are Duke and UNC on the road. Two very good teams. A little scary, but we'll 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 see what happens. We'll figure it out. Okay, let's. Oh yeah, I was going to transition you over into the men. Oh, uh, Duke and UNC. Yeah, that's fine too. Duke and UNC. That's two losses. That's two bad losses. Um, Especially the UNC one. They. I was looking at some of the scores earlier today, and that did not go according to plan, I would think. So where did they sit as we look forward? Akshay, what's the one thing that you can think of that is an absolute requirement to make the postseason? Being over 500. Yes. Right now, they are not over 500. Um, So uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. North Carolina State, Wake Forest. Uh, solid programs, and then they got Miami and FSU at home. Uh, so, you know, the, the they need to get some wins here. They, they If they want to be dancing, they're going to need to go three and one because you're going to pick up a loss somewhere in the ACC tournament too. So definitely, definitely tough for them. I think this year's probably broken a little bit, uh, not as anticipated for them, um, uh, obviously taking – a tight loss to Auburn, a tight loss to South Carolina, a tight loss to Georgia, tight loss to Notre Dame, Louisville, number 14, Virginia. Like this is, this has been a very snake bitten team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a tough spot to be. They've lost a lot of quality opponents uh, real close. So, But they have four opportunities coming up in the next two or three weeks here to right the ship. Right. And, and, punch their ticket to the postseason. Uh, we'll see how that works out. Uh, their two opponents from this past week will face off against Georgia Tech women's tennis uh, this coming week. And I was interrupting you, trying to transition you over to talking about the men. But now let's flip back over to Duke and UNC women. What do we got on deck for them? Oh, I was going to say just after that, uh, the ladies uh, come home to close out the year with Virginia and Virginia Tech. So it should be you know, it's this is a conference with not a lot of tough outs, uh, especially because there are not a lot of easy outs. I was going to say a lot of the easy outs keep cutting their tennis programs, which drat. That's that's an ad at you, Pittsburgh. Oof. Oof. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of tennis coming up, uh, a lot of tennis that's not at home this weekend or, or this coming weekend either. I think we also will not be at home 
this coming weekend. I think we're going to take the ne- next weekend off because of uh, a couple vacations that we have coming on. Let's get into the pick them before we get out of here. UNC, Kansas, question mark? Rock chalk, baby. My two-hour alliance with UNC basketball has ended forever. So is Coach K's career forever. I'm not sad. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to not play games eight on five anymore. I don't think that will change. Let me believe. Let me believe for now. Plug our stuff and let's get out of here. From the Rumble Seat at gmail.com, at FTRS blog on Twitter, uh, from the Rumble Seat.com is where you can find the written stuff. Uh, this podcast, if you're listening to it, like, listen, subscribe uh, to, to borrow a bit from Ian Happ's The Compound podcast. Subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Um, but uh, goose yeah. those numbers. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, yep. Uh, March Madness brackets coming out tomorrow for the championship. If you don't like my seedings originally, I don't really care. They're super biased. And I admitted that everywhere. So um, please vote for your favorite and uh, vote your conscience. And uh, yes, have fun. Good luck. Have fun. What was the uh, what, what were the finalists? Uh, SEC on CBS versus the Olympic fanfare. That is a tough one. That is actually really, really tough. See, I knew it was going to be a weird one because it was essentially impossible to seed anything above 16 because they're all iconic and great. But like, woof. You also have to balance the SEC on CBS one with the fact that it it might be gone in two years. Yeah, that's fair too. I I don't know. Um, All I know is that this is not scientific. And I learned that a lot of people have strong opinions about this, which I knew, but. You're the one that put together the bracket in order to encourage people to share their strong opinions. I think you brought this upon yourself. That is fair. Also, we have a five seed versus a six seed. There's an eight seed in the national championship for basketball, but it's freaking UNC. Why UNC? I mean, it's a monkey's paw situation. <laughs> uh, you know, chaos. The blue bloodiest chaos there ever were. And with that, we will see you in two weeks.